dancing ruled my heart, causing my footsteps from God to depart. Jesus hath found me, happy my case, I now am a sinner, saved by grace, only a sinner, saved by grace. A sinner saved by grace. This is my story. To God be the glory. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. Suffer a sinner whose heart overflows, loving his Savior to tell what he knows. Once more to tell it, what I embrace, I'm only a sinner, saved by grace, only a sinner, saved by grace, only a sinner, saved by grace. This is my story, to God be the glory, I'm only a sinner saved by grace. Amen. Uh, we have the uh, telephone directory, the church telephone directories uh, ready. So if you'll, uh, each, each family gets one. Uh, so if you'll just let us know that you, knew, that you want one. <laughs> let me uh, start through some uh, information here for you. Continue, if you would, uh, pray for the pulpit committee, uh, please, if you would. On uh, next Sunday night after the service, uh, we'll be giving you a report from the pulpit committee, so make sure you're here for that. Uh, I have given reports. I think everyone here has got theirs so far. Yeah, everybody here has got theirs. Okay, the, uh, the couple's retreat. There's a a new sign-up sheet out there. So if you'll go by and uh, mark your name through there if you're not supposed to be going, and if you want to go and you need information, uh, get in touch with Brother Hooker about that, and he'll get that information for you. But this coming Wednesday night, uh, I'd like for everybody to be paid up so we can get the, uh, get the money to the, to the hotel for the rooms. Um, let's see what else I have here. Uh, Parent-teacher fellowship. Uh, this coming Wednesday night uh, after service and our chili and soup cook-off. They'll be judging there. Uh, Susan, is Keith going to be here this year for this? We don't know what date it is yet, do we? Keith bought everything we had one year. <laughs> the rest of us had to go to his table to get some desserts. <laughs> Except for the peanut, uh, for the banana pudding, which <laughs> John Yarn kept running the price up on it. <laughs> so don't start that because it's going to cost me money <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that anymore so we're going to have a dessert auction too so uh, be here for that it's always a good time and uh, it's a good time of fellowship we always have judges to judge the soup and the chili and brother Dave Cummins didn't win last year and he's bitter about it so, so he come in third, and he wasn't happy with third none. So, you probably judges, you probably get some money off of him. If you, <laughs> probably not. I know you don't get the money off of him. But uh, 
be here for that. That's always a good time, and we'll, we'll give you more information on that as time goes by. One more time. Uh, let's all stand and uh, take your hymn book and turn to 174. My Jesus, I love thee, number 174. My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou faithful in your tithes and offerings and in your missions giving uh, the ministry must go and so uh, because you give this ministry stays here Lord, we ask the Lord to to meet with us we ask the Lord to provide for us and we ask the Lord to that we that we want to do his will and our tithes and offerings are part of that so let's let's be careful to make sure that we do that brother Jerry would you ask the Lord's blessing tonight I was uh, telling the kids at Junior Church this morning when I received my uh, our tithe envelope from Brother Brother Allen. You know, I was able, we were able to give this more than we did last year, and the year before that, the year before. So God's just through promotion and different things. So He's been faithful, and the Bible tells us to try Him. Amen. And if we don't try Him, we're never gonna find out what He can do for us. So I I, I praise Lord. God for that. Um, let us pray, Lord. I love you, and I thank you for the night, Lord. I. First off, Lord, pray that you just forgive us of our sins, Lord. We've, uh, I know it's a Sunday, Lord, but I, I can't help but think some, some part of the day, Lord, that we missed out on you, Lord. And, Lord, I pray that you forgive us for that, Lord. Lord, I pray that you build our hearts tonight. Lord, uh, just uh, help us, Lord, to focus, Lord, and, and be attentive, Lord, to the preaching of your word, Lord. I thank you for Jeremy through the song leading, Lord. He's already, you've used him to set the stage, Lord, for the preaching of your word, and we thank you for that, Lord. I pray for this church. And, Lord, I pray that you be at this offering, dear Heavenly Father. Help us to have a, a heart, Lord, of joy, Lord, to be able to put a check, Lord, or put a dollar bill or some coins into this offering plate, Lord. We thank you for all that you do. And most of all, Lord, we thank you for Jesus, who you sent down the cross for our sins so we may have eternal life, Lord, when we die. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. 
Let's all stand and take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 10. We'll be reading Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Since there are only two verses, we will read both of them together. It's Luke chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and set them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And let's pray. Dear Lord Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for the good uh, Sunday we've had today so far. Um, please help Brother Hooker as he preaches, and uh, just please help us to receive everything you would have for us from your word, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. I need to turn this on. All right. Uh, thank you again for coming out tonight. I was thrilled that you're here, and, and hopefully it'll be... Be a blessing. Give you a little update. Um, my daughter and uh, new grandson got to go home this afternoon, so that was exciting. And uh, they showed me him all bundled up and taken off. It looked like a little man in his hoodie, ready to go. So, uh, uh, so they're there. And uh, keep praying. We've gotten uh, some update on on um, on the the baby, uh, Sean and Erica's little baby, Rowan, and. Uh, Got some some positive things as I said this morning. Alert, and but they've still they've just you know kind of making everybody uh, makes warning them that you know there's still a long ways to go. A lot of, lot to do. A lot of still white counts are really high and bacteria is really high. Uh, counts are really high. So just keep praying for them. But it was, it was wonderful to see some blessing today. That really was first time that uh, his little ones opened their eyes or made any kind of sounds or anything since. Uh, uh, since last Sunday, so that was that was amazing just to have that happen. So, praise the Lord for that. I, um, uh, as you saw, we look at Luke chapter ten, verses one and two, and it says, "After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two by two before His face into every city and place, whether He Himself would come. Therefore said He unto them, The harvest truly is truly is great, but the laborers are few." Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors into his harvest. Have a word of prayer against our Father, I pray that you bless tonight, Holy Spirit of God, I beg you. Guide my mind and my thoughts tonight as we, as we learn, as we uh, grow, as we, Lord, I, I pray that our hearts would be inspired by your word. And Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, prayer is so very important, and I've already had one prayer answered tonight. Broncos won. And so uh, you say, are you a Broncos fan? No, I just want anybody to beat the Patriots. And so uh, any Patriots fans in here? Oh, praise the Lord. I love this place. This is my kind of church. Amen. Uh, and, and what made it even sweeter is somebody told me that, that Brady got intercepted three times. All right. So, so uh, but... Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's so meaningless and it's amazing how much it can mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't watch it. My, my two uh, brothers-in-law, they were over there. I went by and ate at my mother-in-law's house, and, and, uh, which is a good thing to do when my wife's away. But I went over there and ate and they said, you're going to watch the ball game. And I said, who's playing in this afternoon? And they told me the Broncos and Patriots were playing first. And I said, No. They said, don't you like, don't you want to watch? I said, oh, man, I'm, I really am concerned about the game. 
I said, but I, I can't watch it. They said, why? I said, because any little bit of spirituality I got will be gone before it's over with. I said, so, so it's just better for me just to check the score at the end. And somebody almost messed up the Sunday night service because they started checking the score before the end and started talking about it. And I thought, oh, no, I got to get away from here because so, uh, it just doesn't work for me. But praise the Lord. Uh, I got to go out. Uh, well, I didn't really get to see him. I went out to see the Hansons and uh, knocked on the door a couple of times, rang the bell a couple of times, and uh, nobody came. And I thought, well, the car's here, so surely. I got about 15 minutes down the road, and she called me, and she said, Brother Hooker, I finally got out of bed and made it to the door as I saw you driving away. And I thought, oh, no, I, made, I woke him up. But she's still, sit pray for her, uh, talking to her on the phone. She sounded pretty rough and, and said she still had that bad headache. So uh, pray for them. Uh, but anyway, we, we got to kind of check on them. Now, this, this passage, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, uh, I really, I'm kind of a fellow that just, I just, I pray, and whatever God directs me to preach, that's the way I go. You know, Sunday school and Wednesday night, I have more of a teaching time, more of a kind of a, a, a systematic way of teaching it. But when it comes to these services, I just think it's very, very important that that God leads us and we preach and teach whatever he leads us. And he led me to this passage of scripture probably about a week or so ago. And, uh, and, and I knew that it was, was for, for now. And so this is what we're going to talk about. But here's my first statement. Every soul winning church in America, I'm sure if we could survey them tonight and ask them one question, could you use more laborers? What do you think they would say? I don't think that I think the largest church in the nation, if it's a soul winning church, would say we could use more help because nobody's reached their whole community. Nobody's reached the whole city. Nobody's reached the, the, their their area. They, they just haven't done it. We don't have enough manpower to do it. And so if you ask them, they would say we could use more laborers. Now, I have another question for you here tonight, though, for this church, for you as an individual, what ministry, what outreach Right here, right now in this church, would you love to see started or restarted? If, if, if in your mind immediately you think, well, I'd love to see this happening again. I'd love to see this started. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and uh, over the history of the church, there's been a lot of different types of ministries that have gone on here. Uh, they told me there was a death ministry and, and there was a Spanish ministry and there was a, I think there was an RU uh, ministry and, and uh, that's a, you know, one that's very close to me. I've got a son-in-law who runs the RU program up in Indiana and, and, and boy, if there's a need in America, every church in America needs an RU program. Uh, but you know, what we, what ministry would it be? Thank God the bus ministry is going, Amen. Uh, because that's absolutely vital. That's people that will never come to church if, if somebody doesn't, doesn't go get them. And the best way to go get them until somebody changes it is, is with a bus. That's just the best way to do it. And so, but, but what would there be? If you, you know, some ministry, I was talking to uh, somebody the other day also about the afternoon program that you had here. Uh, honestly, to hear about it, it's, it's almost mind boggling and amazing what has gone on in the past in an afternoon program here. Uh, it really is. But what's the holdup? I mean, right now, if you think I would love to see something happening here in this particular area, and you could name it, what's the holdup? And here's, and I would say, you know, it might be time issue. I mean, some, some of you say, I want to do it, but there's, 
There's no more me left. There's no more time. There's no more, I don't know what else I could do. And, and I'll be honest with you, this, this, the bulk of what is here tonight, you're doing a lot. I'm amazed. You, you, you'll, you, the people are working and soul winning. And uh, this is not much different than our, than our Saturday group of soul winning. You know what I mean? It's incredible. It may be the time issue, but most likely it's one thing. You who desire to see it happen already know I, need, I would need help. I need help. It's amazing how, what we can get accomplished. You know, they say that, that two people working together can accomplish fivefold what two individuals can accomplish. You got two individuals working separately, but you put them together and they can accomplish fivefold what those two people separately can accomplish. You know, if I needed help back in business, I'd post an ad and take applications. Today, you can put it on the internet and they can apply without ever even coming in. But I'd be looking for the most qualified and potentially productive. They would be looking for the best pay package and benefits and potential advancement. But God's work is not that way. That's not the way you get someone. That's not the way you find some. That's not the way you get laborers. That's just not the way it happens. So I want to just take a look at this scripture and see how God wants us to gather laborers. And I got four or five points here tonight. You say, Brother Hooker, why are you preaching this? Because honestly, God is the answer to what we need. And every time I drive around this community, around this area of Memphis, I realize it's an incredible need. And, and, and can I tell you, I've just been blessed because a lot of the places that I've been and, and visiting for years and years going so on, and I've, I've never been treated so kindly as I've been treated here in Memphis in 30-something years. I've never been yes sir and no sir so much because they don't know those words in the North. They don't, they don't even know what that means. I've never been welcomed in so much. I went out my first time visiting and every door I went to, they invited me in. And once I got in there, I couldn't get out. It was wonderful. Everybody has been so kind. The scripture says this. It says, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city place and whither he himself would come. First, I want us to take a look before, as we're getting into this, see Jesus' situation. Not all who followed Jesus desired to be laborers. You say, well, he sent out 70, but look, he had at times multitudes following him. And now we're down to 70 that actually want to labor. So I just want to tell you, the tr truth is, is that, I mean, Calvary is, is not really that far off on, on Saturday. Uh, how many couples that, you know, couples, I say, you know, pairs of people go out. I mean, the first Saturday that went out, I mean, we're covering blocks within minutes. I mean, there's people all the way down. The, the, it's just, you got to get your jogging shoes on because we got a good crowd. And comparatively, Jesus really didn't have that many more workers than we got right here in this church. 
You say, why is that important? Because sometimes, because we compare ourselves with ourselves, we start to get discouraged and say, it's just us few. But I'm telling you, that's where Jesus started. Started with a few and changed the world. Almost everyone who ever gets involved in laboring started into church simply attending. So love and appreciate those who come at all. There were those who wanted to be part of his church but really did not want to commit to service. They, there will always be those who, who we must love them if they come to one service and participate in nothing because that's where you start. Amen? That's, that's where you got to start. When I first started in, in church, I, 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 my wife found it. I was on the Sunday morning at, uh, at, on the police department. My wife found the church. I, she begged me to come that night to hear this guy preach. I really liked him because he only preached about 18 minutes. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was great. But I, I was watching this guy, and he's up there preaching. He'd lift up his arms. He'd about bust out his jacket. And I was, you know, I was 23 years old, police officer. And I said, I said, man, I, I was sitting beside Joe Beth. I said, I, I recognize him. I've seen this guy before. And Joe Beth said, shh, you know, you be quiet. You're talking in church. And I said, no, I know him. And she said, Robert, shut up. You know, and, and I, said, I said, baby, maybe I arrested him, you know. And, uh, and she said, shh. And then all of a sudden I realized it. I said, I know him. And Joe Beth's about to lose her mind. And, and I had to tell her, I said, I know the guy. One day I was driving down the road in a squad car and it was a guy out beside the old railroad tracks where they torn up some cross ties. He was out there at a pile of cross ties. He was grabbing a cross tie, lifting it over his head and throwing it on the flatbed truck. And I drove down and I said, I hope I don't have to arrest that guy. <laughs> Because he was like a monster, man. I mean, he was just an animal. Throwing it. Well, that was the preacher. Found out he was the former Texas weightlifting champion. And I, you know what? That was my kind of guy. Six months, boy, he changed my life. You know where he, he, he discipled me? Lifting weights. We went and three times a week lifting weights. And as I, he had me under the bar. He's teaching me. Because uh, you listen when, he, when he's... He's spotting for you because you want him to get it off of you. And, and you know, it was, it was transforming in my life. And, and, and that's where, you know, but when I started, I didn't go but just Sunday morning. If I, if I you know, I'm just, okay, I'm doing good because Sunday morning, where I went to church growing up, they didn't even have Sunday night that I remember. At least I never went. Wednesday night was unheard of. And it was probably several months and I'm out playing softball on a Wednesday night when God called me to, I mean, right in the middle of the game to go, to go to church. And I quit in the middle of the game and went to church. You know, little by little bit. You know, I thank God that they were patient with me and loved me and let me grow. Now, there's going to be some that are walking our door just like, like that. But you know what? Don't be frustrated with anybody where they are because, bless God, that's your future laborer. Secondly, those who chose to labor were, as I said, a relatively small number. Third, do not become discouraged. God will hear. Listen to this. I believe what it teaches here is that God will hear the prayer of those who labor. You know why so, one of the reasons it's very, very important that we're faithful to labor? Because I believe God hears the prayer of those who labor. So those who are working and keep laboring for the harvest, God will answer the laborer. And number four, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors. 
Pray the Lord of the harvest. You know, we, we every way possible, we want, we want to make things happen. But God says real simple, if we need laborers in Calvary Baptist Church and we need laborers just like everybody else needs laborers, amen? We need them. You know how we get them? Pray ye the Lord of the harvest. You say, well, that's all I got to do. Just pray God sends forth laborers. You have to understand, though, who was he talking to? The people he was talking to, to telling them to pray for the Lord of the harvest were the 70 that were laboring. Okay, so watch this. That means we got to labor first. We got to labor, and then as we labor, we pray God send us help. Now you say, Brother Hooker, do you think God will send laborers? I believe with all my heart they will because this is a laboring church. I've just been amazed. I mean, I, I come in here and everybody's doing this and everybody's doing that. I, everybody's taking care of it. It's been, I, I love it because I'm just, I just study. People say, what about that? I don't know. Ask Brother Bob. Ask somebody else. I don't know. But listen to me. Everybody's jumped in, taking care. This is a, a, a should be a tough time, but I don't see it as a tough time because, bless God, everybody jumped in. People calling soul winning, people running bus routes, people laboring. Now watch this. Now all we got to do is understand God wants to hear you pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. I used to tell, and this, this is why it's so, so important that we pray for the laborer. Because listen to me, I beg you to get this. I used to tell, and I, 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 I tried to beat this into the heads. You know, when, back in working at the college, here's one of the things that, you know, you're going to send out every tour group and you're sending out every advertisement and you're sending out, you know, give them free this, give them this, give them that. And I would tell them over and over, I'd say, folks, listen, when God called me to go to school, it was on a Sunday, Sunday night in a small church in Tennessee. I never seen this place. I never been part of this place. I never, I never heard any of these guys. I didn't know First Baptist Church. I didn't know Howells Anderson College. I'd never been to a pastor school. God called me. I fell on my knees at an altar on a Sunday night. Preacher looked at me and said, what in the world's the matter with you? Why are you coming? I said, God called me to go to school. He said, where? And I said, man, I thought you were supposed to tell me that. And he told me, and look, I resigned my job the next day to go to a place that I'd never seen before. Do you understand? God wants to work in our lives and move in our lives. And he says, pray ye, therefore the Lord of the harvest. If we are laboring, and we are praying, God will send forth labors to a place like this because you're laboring. You're praying. We need to pray hard right now because Calvary is a church that's ready for laborers. You're ready for laborers. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. The scripture says here, as I was telling you, I used to tell the staff at the college over and over that because they would want to every kind of way you could get kids to come but here's the problem when you have to beg them to come you have to beg them to stay and you spend the whole time begging them to stay and begging them to stay and begging them to stay and can I tell you after a whole lot of work and begging they usually leave anyway but when I'd give them my illustration, when God called me, 
I'd never seen a tour group. God called me. And can I tell you something? When God sends you a laborer, God can keep the laborer. You beg people to come. You beg people to get involved. You beg people. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes, yes, look, sometimes they'll catch fire and, and they'll do it. But most of the time, you've got to beg them to keep coming. Keep coming back. Keep. But when God, pray ye therefore the Lord, and he will send, when he sends them, he keeps them. It's, they're his. And it's up to him. And that's why it's so important that we, we follow God's procedure. God's procedure is pray. Pray. The people are involved. If we beg people to get involved, they may or may not stay faithful. But if the Lord of the harvest sends the labors, it is his job to keep them. He knows their resume before he sends them. He knows their character before he sends them. It will help us if we remember what the scripture says and truly believe it. And by this, I mean that. It says, therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Listen to this. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers, watch this, into his harvest. He wants the harvest more than we do. And sometimes it becomes our harvest and so we want our labors and we want to be productive through our way, but it's God's harvest. Amen? Amen. I'm not putting you to sleep tonight, Emma. Can somebody smile at me? <laughs> I feel like uh, I'm, I'm doing the anti-harvest thing here. I'm driving them away. Now, it is his harvest, so I think he will send forth the right kind of labors if we pray. He wants them here. Anybody here, you could use a little bit of help in whatever you're doing? Amen. Brother Cummins, Mrs. Cummins, could you use somebody just, if they did nothing else, get on the bus and run to the door? No, Brother Cummins is running to the door, right? <laughs> just, just pull up there and honk that horn. But, no, everything that I've ever done, you could always use somebody else. You could always use somebody that truly wants to labor. Another body doesn't do you much good, but a true laborer that only God can send. Amen. Everybody needs. For he wants them more than we do. God wants them to come. Now look to the example of Christ. And I just want us to learn from what he did. If you look at Matthew, go to Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through, 18 through 20. And I would just say, you know, they, why is it so important that we labor for and with God. Well, it's important because I'll be honest with you, the most churches don't. Most churches in the Memphis area, and I've been, you know, I grew up here and I came around from this way, way back. And most churches in the Memphis area, we come to church and we sit in a pew. And you say, well, then how do churches grow? Transfer of membership. That's right. I mean, this Suddenly over, because you know, man, you drive around here and you know, they've heard the old saying there's church on every corner. There's, you know, they're everywhere. Well, how does this one grow and that one grow? Well, it's really easy. That guy's got a new preacher and he's really good. You know, when I first took over um, a, a adult uh, Sunday school class, 
took it over. It had really about 275 people in it. That's on any given Sunday. And, and uh, so that's pretty big, you know, really church in itself. And so uh, and that's not counting all their kids and all the things that goes on in our lives. And so we were pretty busy with that. Plus, we were running the Salem ministry. Plus, I was teaching full time at the college. Plus, I was, uh, you know, at the time, the dean of the college. And so I was a little bit busy. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty crazy. So we got all this, these, this class going there. And, and uh, you know what? It was only, I think, seven adult Sunday school classes there. And it was nothing for me to just say, okay, you know, we're going to have a big day and we might have 300, 350 or something like that right there in the church. And, and we'd have a bunch of visitors. We have it. Well, then they, about a year and a half later, they started starting new Sunday school classes, adult Sunday school classes. Their goal was to start 75 new adult Sunday school classes. Well, all of a sudden now we've got adult Sunday school classes, you know, four of them just in the building I'm in and across the street, you got these and you got, you know, over here on either side of you. And you know what it became? It became you, your crowd was dependent on who ha whoever had the best donuts. I mean, our crowd would go up or down just depending, you know, okay, somebody was having sausage and biscuit this morning. And as soon as I sit down, I said, okay, who was offering something? Because it was like being here in Memphis, you know, you gotta, it was like having a church on every corner and whatever they had, it was exciting going on. Or if they had more exciting preaching, teaching, whatever, it just, here we go. That guy takes somebody else, come, here they go. Well, there's got to be somebody that's still going after the fruit on the trees and bringing in new fruit. Got to be. There's got to be churches that are out to reach people that are lost and dying going to hell. Got to be. And people will say, well, you know, and there's churches growing. This new movement in churches is just, you know, just do anything, allow anything. And, and you know, crowds are coming in. They come in for, for entertainment. But can I tell you, again, uh, I understand that, that fewer people really want it when, when, when you tell them the hard things. Understand it. They told Jesus that. Jesus told them some hard things and they said, we're out of here. He even looked at his disciples and said, will you also go away? Now, he didn't change what he was teaching. He still told the truth. But somebody's still got to go reach them. And can I tell you, the people who are willing to sacrifice, willing to commit too much, those are the people that are willing to go much. Those two things go together. When you take away zeal... You, to, to go reach people for Christ, you'll take away the zeal to be committed to the principles of life. You take away the principles of life and say, deliver however you want to, uh, but I still want you to go get people. But I can I tell you, this zeal over here affects that zeal over there. And you take away that zeal and suddenly there's no zeal here in it. Now it's just, let's just have a, a bigger band and that's going to get them. No, God said, he sent them out two by two. And he hadn't changed. So again, look at the example of Christ. He said, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they, look at this. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. 
Now you say, boy, I wish I could do that. Just go out here and just holler at somebody and say, follow me. Now, but let's see. We all, we kind of could if we did what Jesus did. Now, here's what I want you to, I normally don't make assumptions about the scripture, but this one, I think I, I, I can make without concern. And that's this. I believe that even though it does not directly say it, I believe Jesus prayed about who he would call. You see, in chapter three, uh, just before this, in chapter three, Jesus is obedient to baptism. So first of all, we see Jesus before he calls his men, Jesus is obedient. Jesus is doing following God's command. Jesus is obedient to the, the, the principles of God. And one of those principles for Jesus was you need to be baptized. And John says, you know, no, no, I shouldn't do it. Jesus says, no, you, you got to baptize me. I've got to obey. I've got to be obedient. So in, in chapter three, he's obedient. Chapter four, Jesus is led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He fasts 40 days. Fasting and prayer go hand in hand. Also, Jesus told Peter at a later time, much later, pray lest you enter into temptation. Now, look, Jesus is the word of God. He knows you got to pray lest you enter into temptation. He's being led up by the spirit to be tempted. You know he's praying right now. He's fasting and praying lest he enter into temptation. So Jesus would have followed his own teaching. He was going to be tempted in, in prayer and the word of God was a shield and weapon against the temptation. Right after this, Jesus began to preach and as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Peter and Andrew. Now, would he beg them to come? Would he plead for help? No, he simply said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Through prayer, we can be, listen to me, through prayer, we can be led to those who when asked to come and learn, they will respond like Peter and Andrew. Amen. You say, I shouldn't ask anybody to help me. No, Jesus asked them. But listen to me, I believe he prayed for them first. I believe he prayed for them. I believe God, he, he prayed that, that God would lead him to those men and he knew through the spirit of God immediately and I believe that's what we do. Pray, Lord, send us laborers. Pray, Lord, we want to start this. We want to do this. God's put it on my heart and I learned this truth long, long ago. When you assign something to someone and say, here, I want you to, to run this ministry or do this ministry, they may or may not have a heart for it, but when that person comes and said, my heart burns to do this. My preacher told me that's the people that need to start a ministry. That's the people that need to run a ministry because their heart burns to do it. Now you say, well, how do you find those people? Two ways. I, one way, you pray for them, but they, either they're going to come to you as some approach Jesus about following him, but also you'll be led to, well, I prayed and prayed and fasted about it and Brother, I'm just going to ask you this. Would you be interested in helping me? And here's what I believe. When you've prayed and fasted and you've been moved to ask somebody that question, you know what I believe they do? Boy, I've been praying about that myself. I'm excited. Because God will lead you to them. Through prayer, we can be led to those who, when asked to come and labor and learn, they will respond as Peter and Andrew. And straightway, they left their nets and followed him. Honestly, I'm not sure that when they left their nets, it gets really kind of 
kind of confusing at times whether they were true believers in Christ at this moment, but they were men. I know this, they were men whose hearts God had touched and prepared. The, um, I believe with all my heart, this morning probably, there might have been somebody sitting in this, this room that they come to church this Sunday morning, they show up, they may have only been a few weeks, they may maybe been coming for months, I don't know. But I believe there's somebody just like I was who was just sitting in a pew for months, maybe, I don't know how long it was, but who there was something burning inside, but nobody knew it. You see, when I came to that little church out there in Cairo and I sat down there, when I first started, and I'm going to church, all that preacher I'm sure he saw was this young police officer that, you know, if he didn't have duty, he came struggling in sometimes half awake because work midnights and he would come in, but he would sit there by his young pretty wife and he's thinking, I wonder if they'll ever make it. I wonder how long they'll stick. I wonder how, what he didn't know is that before we ever got married, while I was at Memphis State, while she was there and we first started dating, this little girl invited me to go to a movie. I was excited. She's pretty. She wants me to go to a movie with her. So I said, sure. You know, we're kind of free thinking back there. She's, a, she's asking me out. You know what the movie was? Sheffy. Anybody ever watch Sheffy? What did you say, Jaws? The blob. I'm not that old, man. That's the 50s. We're going to be looking for another junior church. <laughs> the, uh, oh, man. I, anybody ever seen Sheffy? God bless you. Y'all don't have a clue, do you? It's, uh, I think, Bob Jones' film. It's a Christian film. Not like even the Christian films today. It is, you know, something above, you know, the kids putting on a play. Barely. And when I went in there, she took me to a church, and we sat down in the balcony, and here they put in a film. Now, I don't go to church, but I don't mind it because she's pretty. So I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this is the movie we're coming in? <laughs> and Sheffy starts playing. Now, you have to understand, it really is hokey. I mean, it's, you know, the, the acting, the photography, you know, it's all just like, I'm thinking, I just got through watching Jaws, you know, I mean, I'm thinking, wow, what is this? And I'm sitting there, but the whole film is about a man without education, without any human reason why, believe God wanted him to preach. And he went to the authorities that be and said, I want to be ordained or approved by you. And they said, you have no education. We're not approving you. And you know what he said? I'm going anyway. Because where I'm going, none of you will go anyway. So he became a circuit riding preacher going out to all the little country, mountain communities and everything, preaching to all the people. Spent his life doing that. Gave his entire life reaching communities and sometimes having big tabernacle Meetings and open air meetings and just amazing what God did to a man without an education, without a background, without anything. 
And folks, you can believe it or not, I didn't know what an invitation was. I'm not sure they gave one. I don't know what they did. I'd never been to an altar before. That's why I understand when we're in service here and some people, you say, you know, it's an invitation, you come to, they, they don't come because they don't even know what that is. I didn't know what that was. And I cannot explain this to you, but that night with an afro and a beard, okay, with my stacked shoes, flared pants, and silk shirt, I was ready to go to a movie and then go dancing. At the end of that night, I got up so compelled and walked to an altar and fell on my face. And this is all I could say. God, if you could use him, you could use me. A fire was lit inside me that I didn't even understand. But when I set foot in that little church, they didn't know it, and I'm sure they looked and thought, wonder if he'll even stay. And sitting in this room or Sunday morning or Wednesday night, somewhere, there's somebody like that. There's a fire burning. And all we're thinking, I wonder if they'll even come back next week. But there's a fire burning. You say, how's that fire going to be revealed? If somebody will pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. And he will send forth laborers. He will let you cross the path of this. He will let you see and see. He will, something inside of you, I believe, will drive you. When, when that pastor came to me just probably three or four months later, I don't remember how long it was, and looked at us, to Joe Beth and I, and said, would you consider spending some time and helping with the teens? Now, I always figured they just did that because we were the only young couple in the church. I think maybe God led him to a fire. A fire was burning. And that was 35 years ago. 36 years ago, we've never looked back. How's your heart tonight? Has the Spirit of God been preparing it for service? Has the Holy Spirit been preparing someone's heart tonight to surrender your life to labor with and for Christ? I had no idea what God wanted for me. I wasn't going to be, I wasn't called to preach. Not at that time in my life. I didn't know what God wanted, but I knew it burned inside of me to do something, to labor. I drove a bus. My wife and I started a bus route for the Cummins. We started the bus route. We'd never been on one. We didn't know what, they, what it was. But they said, you take a bus and you go to doors and ask people to come. And we did.
I just can't believe that there's nobody else out there like that. And it's not about full-time service. God eventually worked in my heart, but for three and a half years, I was a police officer. I was eventually running a store. and We just labored. Labored to reach teenagers. Labored to teach Sunday school. Labored to make a difference in lives. And it's, I believe that God's preparing someone's heart tonight. He's just looking for laborers to pray. God, we need to send forth laborers into your harvest. And he wants them. He wants them so bad because it's his harvest. And I know everybody's pretty much... We don't want to be amiss, and I'm sure that probably everybody in here has trusted Christ already, but I believe it all begins with the Holy Spirit when He prepares someone's heart for Christ. That's where the first burning took place in my heart. That's when God came to me and said, this is the way of salvation. I'm not looking for somebody here tonight to say I've been called to preach or I've been called to full-time service. That's not what I'm even looking for. But if God did that, I'd be wonderful. But I'm looking for a group of people that are already laboring. I believe are already laboring. I'm just looking for you. Let's pray. Let's pray that God would send forth laborers. But in order for him to answer that, let's continue to labor. I'll be honest with you, I hate to keep talking, but I believe the Cummins back there, how long have you been running the bus ministry? Too long to remember, huh? I just have a sneaking feeling that God would hear their prayer. Just pray you therefore the Lord of the harvest that he sent forth laborers to the harvest. That's what I believe Calvary needs right now is we got some people that will labor. So I believe we got some people that God will hear when we pray for laborers. And the more laborers you got, the more you can accomplish, the more people you can help, the more people you can reach. It's just the way it is. That's why Jesus said, I'm sending out 70, but he said, fellas, as you go, Pray. He said, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He's sending out 70. He said, there's so few. But he said, as you go, men, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers to his harvest. Let's pray. Pray the Lord of the harvest. Father, I pray that you bless.